1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of a big night of European football. Rangers will be without Leon Balogun for the trip to take on Borussia Dortmund. Ange Postacoglu is full of praise for Bodo Glimt with Giacomakis setting his sights high in the Europa Conference League. And there's another top flight managerial casualty as James McPaik is sacked by Dundee. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight you've got Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday. And Andy Halliday, yet another busy midweek of Scottish football. Yep, European football's back. Uh, two two difficult tasks in hand, but you've got to say in the in terms of the size of uh, European football clubs, two clubs at the different ends of the spectrum. Because Celtic face European newcomers, Bodo Glimt, but Rangers face obviously German giants, Borussia Dortmund. So it's exciting games, and, and can't wait to watch it. Yes, Marvin Bartley, two very different ties, but full of intrigue in their own way, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be an interesting couple of nights. No, 100%. Um, you know, I agree with what Andy's saying there. Looking forward to the Rangers, uh, Borussia Dortmund game, if I'm honest. Um, you know, Haaland, if he's going to be fit or not, obviously probably one of the best strikers in the world at this moment in time. So if he's not playing, you know, it's a massive boost for, for Rangers. And, I, you know, I expect Celtic to win their game. You know, I've watched a bit of Bode Glint without being disrespectful to them. Uh, a few of their players went to Hibs. So we watched a bit of them. Obviously, we played Hibs recently just to see if we could see the players in action. And, you know, I think Celtic will win that one, definitely. 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need to get in touch with Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday tonight. So let's hear it. You can tweet as well at Clyde SSB. But we'd much rather you joined us on the phones. 0141-951-1025. What are you thinking ahead of these games tomorrow? Rangers fans, this will be your last chance really to do the old pick your team before the game kicks off tomorrow evening. So why not pick up that phone? Let us know. No Leon Balogun. Who takes his place? Is that a simple solution? Are you moving other people around? I think we've discussed in the last few nights probably no Aaron Ramsey from the start. What, what are you thinking ahead of that game? Can Rangers do it? Can they Can they cause what would be a shock over there against one of European football's biggest names? And Celtic fans, Georgios Shakyamakis is setting his sights high, talking about you know going all the way and going far in the Europa Conference League. How do you feel about the competition? And same set of questions to you. Who would you pick? Who should play tomorrow? And of course, Dundee fans... Another managerial casualty, James McPaik is gone. Right decision or not? And where does the club go from here? Any of that or anything else you think we've missed, 01419511025 right now. Before we get any further though, I mean, I just want to make sure there's no bad blood in here, is there of course? Hearts knocking, living snout of the Scottish Cup. You're all right, you're not falling out or anything. I know you're two angry men. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Andy had a bit of swagger when he walked into the studio, um, which is to be expected. So, uh, no, it's all good. He's got shin pads on as well because he knows I'm that close to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I mean, it wasn't a classic by any means that, the game but uh, you've got to give Livingston credit made it certainly made life difficult for us and had a couple of chances ourselves to, to go through but no it's uh, it's all good for us and we can look forward now to a, a quarter final in the Scottish Cup well it's the first week in about two months Marvin's come in and no one's upset him from the previous weekend so maybe maybe he's just been polite at the start of the show we'll, we'll chip away at that between now and 8 o'clock it's 01419511025 pick up that phone let us know what is on your mind Rangers fans we're about to go live to Dortmund and check in uh, with our reporter Andrew McLean so it's a great time for you to pick up the phone let us know who should play tomorrow no Leon Balogun how would you rearrange the team to, to accommodate that who should play who shouldn't play what do you make of, of Dortmund what you've been hearing what are the chances of, of coming away 
with something tomorrow. 01419511025 right now. And let's do that. Andrew McLean uh, does join us now. Andrew, how's it going over there? Yeah, all good. I mean, I just echo exactly what Marvin's saying. What a game and what an occasion this should be tomorrow night. Rangers up against one of the top sides in Europe. Historic stadium. It's got all the makings of a really good tie. Just 10,000 fans getting into the ground tomorrow night, though, due to COVID restrictions. And of that 10,000, only 500 are Rangers fans. So quite a few have either cancelled their plans to travel over or are going on the day trip tomorrow. So there haven't been too many supporters out and about in Dortmund or the surrounding areas so far and it is a shame because it's an unbelievable stadium you hear so much talk about the yellow wall inside the Westfalen Stadion but reduced numbers tomorrow you wonder whether that may play into Rangers hands slightly but it's still a top top team they're coming up against and we found out about team news from Rangers today, Leon Balogun, he was forced off against Hibs. He won't play. Philip Hellander isn't in the Europa League squad either. And uh, you think surely it's going to be Goldson and Bassey at centre-back for them tomorrow night. Ryan Jack is fit, though, despite missing their last couple of matches. I've also seen plenty on social media about the weather back home, but the weather over here could be a bit of a concern as well. I'm told that schools across the region that Dortmund's in will be closed tomorrow due to high winds. So um, let's hope that doesn't have too much of an effect on the game or on people's plans and let's hope there's, there's not any hitches and we can focus on the football. That's what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was doing today uh, earlier on when he was doing his pre-match media duties. He says tomorrow is exactly the type of occasion you get into football for. You know, we are, uh, we are football players, we are, we, are, we are managers. We want to play against best opposition possible in, in all the competition we have. So... I think it's normal. You want to. Uh, you are a player to to uh, uh, to live the mo- live the moments we are facing now. Playing in in Europa League, playing against Borussia Dortmund. You know those are the player the, the games you want, and uh, so that's why you work hard. You know from from when you are young to be able to to play these games. So yes, you know everyone is excited and 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 uh, and ready to play this game against the big opposition in in a nice stadium. So uh yeah, we we have to do uh, make sure we are going to enjoy the game and uh, and make sure we are uh, uh good prepared and and try to win this tie. So that's 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 what you want in uh, in life. That's you, what you want in in football to have challenges, to face challenges, and to uh, to overcome the challenges. Phone lines are open, Rangers fans. So pick up that phone. Let us know what you're thinking ahead of tomorrow. I must admit, Andrew McLean, you've got me slightly concerned. If the weather is so bad that children aren't allowed to go to school, how are you meant to take a goal kick? I'm sure we'll deal with that uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, the game uh, goes ahead as planned. In terms of of Rangers team news, and I, I get that we would always focus on that in some ways and I'm sure the Rangers fans won't mind me saying the most interesting piece of team news is from the opposition what's the latest on Erling Haaland from uh, over there yeah I mean I think I was the same as many people when Rangers got drawn against Borussia Dortmund the the first thing you think of is is Erling Haaland I mean an incredible goal scorer 80 goals in 79 appearances for Dortmund since he joined them it looks as if he won't play tomorrow night he's been out injured for a few weeks now and it looks as if tomorrow will come too early. Dortmund do have so many talented players, though. Guys like Marco Royce, he scored a couple at the weekend. Young England midfielder Jude Bellingham. There's Julian Brandt, Torgan Hazard, Gio Reyna. So much quality in that team, though. So no matter who Dortmund put out, it will be a, a tough team for Rangers to face. They have been patchy in form, though. Three defeats in their last seven games. Not what you'd expect from them, but... 
I don't think that really diminishes the task at all. We saw how good Bayer Leverkusen were um, earlier on in the season when they were in uh, Celtic's Europa League group. I was lucky, lucky enough to be at the Bay Arena for that brilliant game between the two in November. Celtic pushed them close, but it just shows you the, the quality that there is in, in the top end of the Bundesliga. But as we say, Erling Haaland looks as if he will be absent, but Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was saying today it was important for them that they prepared as if he was going to play. You know, no, no doubt. Everyone recognizes the talent he has, the player he is. I mean, he's one of the top strikers uh, in the world. So, yes, of course, it's uh, for us. It's uh, it's just a case to also prepare the game with, without him. I mean, Dortmund had been playing without him for weeks. So, for me, that's uh, you know just prepare the the players in which opposition we will. We will we will face also the qualities of the players. So looks like he's uh, he's almost back uh, to uh, to play. But uh, you know everyone recognizes his talent. But we have to prepare <clears throat> the game in which players we uh, we uh, we face. And uh, it looks like he won't be in the squad tomorrow. But if he is, you know we we're, we're gonna prepare as well uh, if if he was playing. So. Um, but the quality, yes, I mean, <laughs> there's no doubt he is a good player. I'll get Andy and Marvin's thoughts on this very soon. I wonder, Rangers fans, are there any sadistic Rangers fans out there who are gutted to not face Erling Haaland? Or is it just a case of, of course, that's a stupid question and we'd rather face the weakest possible team? I wonder if there's just anyone out there that, that likes the the thought of that challenge. We won't get to see it tomorrow. Uh, anyway, before we let you go, Andrew McLean, you've also been speaking to the Borussia Dortmund head coach as well. Yeah, I was speaking to Marco Rosa today as well. I was speaking to him as well about the, the really good story. I'm sure everyone knows it by now that Dortmund's young American winger Giovanni Reyna is named after Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Van Bronckhorst, of course, played with Gio's dad Claudio at Rangers. The two are very good pals, so much so that Claudio Reyna named his son after him. So I fully expect your future son, if you have one, Gordon, to be named Hugh Keevans Duncan. But um, I asked the Borussia Dortmund manager earlier on today about it and he says it'll be a great moment for the two of them to compete against each other. Well, that's really cool that uh, things like that happen uh, also in football um, being the godfather and uh, meeting on that level now I think that Gio if he plays uh, he wants to show to his godfather or name giver what he learned over the years uh, I think uh, Van Bronckhorst already knew him when uh, Gio still in his pants and uh, I know that they are definitely glad to pre- uh, to meet privately uh, every now and then, but now uh, the focus is on being successful. But of course, this is a nice story. Well, that's not the way I expected that press conference to go, I must admit. Uh, anyway, Andy Halliday, Marvin Bartley, you're not named after any famous football figures that we should know about, are you? <laughs> no, no yeah, not th- me. Thankfully not, no. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to think, think of a list. past Andrew that I could maybe... Marvin Andrews for me. Oh, Depends yeah. when my mum was around that sort of time. I have to check, check in with that one. <laughs> I can't even think, can about, I? No? Maybe Andy Johnson because my hair, I don't know. <laughs> and, what about Andy Gorham? Oh, I'll tell you what. After getting my body fats done today, I think it's possible. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Anyway, thank you to another Andrew, Andrew McLean, uh, for keeping us up to speed there in Dortmund. Uh, Rangers fans, pick up the phone. Let us know your thoughts. So, 141951. 1025. Uh, Craig is first up tonight. Craig's a Rangers fan. Let me throw that on you to start, Craig. Is there any part of you that's disappointed Erling Haaland won't play? Or is that music to your ears? Uh, to, to be honest with you, I, I would have loved uh, had him play, you know. Um, 
especially um, in the second leg when we bring them back to Ibrox, because these are these are the players you want to be able to go and see up close. It's no it's no often as a Rangers fan that that you would get to see some of the the world's absolute elite players um, coming to play at your ground. So hey, listen, you know these things happen, but obviously you maybe think it gives us a. A, a, a bit more of a chance, but I, I, I think uh, I think we can keep in the tie. I, I really do. I, I think we can still win the second leg, uh, the second leg. Sorry, still alive in the tie because you know. But I, but I do think to do that, we're going to have to be, you know, at our absolute best. I think we're going to have to defend as a team. I think we're going to have to adopt the, the sort of Walter Smith style when we played against big teams when he was in charge, and you know, it was more about you know just everybody keeping tight, compact together as a team and when you get that chance to go on a counter-attack you know, you hit them um, and you know that style took us to a UEFA Cup final in 2008 we met some good teams so um, I think we're capable my big concern though is uh, is the fact that it feels to me like Calvin Bassey's going to have to slot in at centre-back again and you know he had a howler at Ross County um, even though we Beat Hearts 5-0 Sorry to remind Andy of that um, But He still You know Really cost us a goal In that game as well With another absolute Howler a mistake So And in games against teams Like Dortmund You will not get away With mistakes like that They will punish you um, So that's probably My biggest concern But no no Listen I, I do think though That We've got enough there To go and See if we can Take it back to Ibrox And then You've got to fancy yourself against anybody at home, surely. Yeah, OK, some good points from Craig. Let's work our way through them. Andy, Marvin, same to you, first of all. This is where your professional mindset will, will take over. Give me the insight that I'll never have. If you're Connor Goldson, is there any part of you that wants to test yourself against Erling Haaland or are you absolutely delighted to be as far away from him as possible? Absolutely delighted to be as far away from him as possible. And I tell you that because we played against um, Haaland when he was at Mould um, in a Europe, European League qualifier when he was at Hibs. And he missed the first leg and everyone was speaking about this player and we were like, how good can he be? I think he was about 15 years of age at the time. So thinking, come on, how good can he be? And in the second leg he played and wow, that's all I can say. So Conor Goldson, 100%, if he's not lining up against him tomorrow, I'd be absolutely delighted. Um, you know, if I'm the manager as well, I'm saying the same thing. I don't want to play against the best players. You know, I've got a Sky subscription to, to watch him. I'm I'm going to go the opposite. Wow! And I think Marvin would uh, would be different because now that he can see at the end of his career, he's played against Ellen Haaland. So that's why I think you know the likes of Conor Goldson and Calvin Bassey, if they play, listen, don't get me wrong, they will know if he does play, they've got a tough, tough ninety <laughs> minutes to compete with them. But I just think as a football player playing these competitions, you do want to test yourself against the elite. As difficult as it's going to be, but you know I, I'd be delighted to look back at the end of my career and say I, I played against the one's best striker in the world. Well, yeah, it's not going to happen tomorrow. We've just heard confirmation of that, uh, sort of hypothetically speaking, if you like. What about Craig's other points, Andy? Yep. A, a belief that, that Rangers can stay in the tie. I mean, he mentions a sort of the Walter Smith. You, you just wonder, even even although that seems like very recently, you just wonder if if, if Rangers would do that now, that, that sort of ultra-defensive style. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think we might tell a lot uh, uh, how Giovanni Van Bronckhorst going to set up his team when the team sheet comes out tomorrow, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into what lineup we will expect going into the game, but I do think, I agree with Craig, that I think the first half's absolutely massive. I think when you look at Dortmund, they can be ruthless. 
know, you even just look at their domestic form and, and it's obviously for as good as it is they do concede chances they've conceded 36, 36 league goals sorry in 22 games but I mean the amount of goals they score with the, the firepower they've got at their, at their disposal so I do think Rangers will, will set up to be hard to beat but obviously look to, to try and hit them in the counter-attack because they are a team that do give up chances but no, there's, there's no doubt it's a mammoth task they've got tomorrow night Marvin, what are your thoughts on on that approach? I, I, I could be wrong. I just feel like more and more Celtic and, and Rangers, and they, they tend to look after themselves. I'm not saying that they completely ignore the strengths of the opposition, but I, I just feel like it's becoming rarer and rarer that we see a team completely abandon what they would usually do, and you know, and, and line up in such a way that's solely focused on on stopping the opposition. I think when you get to a certain level, though, you have to prepare like that. Um, I don't think you know Rangers can afford to go head to head with them. Um, you know, as Andy said, I think in the first half you could be blown away. For Rangers, it's all about going through. You know, how you do that, it doesn't matter. Um, this is why Gio earns the money that he does because he has to come up with a game plan that allows Rangers the best opportunity to go into the second leg with a chance. You know, you go back to Ibrox with the fans behind you, anything can happen. But what you don't want to do is go head to head with them across in Dortmund, be three 0 down in the second leg. You know, you're kind of dead and buried. So I'll be doing the same thing as what Andy said there, trying to hit them on a counter attack. You know, soak up some pressure, allow them to have the ball in certain areas of the pitch. But when you do turn it over, try and get it forward as quickly as possible. And you know, as I said, they do give up chances also. Uh, Andy, I'm not sure uh, Craig needed to apologise for reminding you of the 5-0 game at Ibrooks. The worst thing that came out of that game was you getting a better ovation than Aaron Ramsey, which is something we don't need to, to discuss. The last thing you need is a bigger head walking out of that studio this evening. Um, but what about the, the the sort of rest of the team, if you like, on him, Aaron Ramsey? I mean, he's not going to start, is he? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised off the... Off the basis of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst past press conferences, uh, describing he's, he's potentially a couple of weeks, if not more, away. Uh, but for me, I'd, I, you know, I've, I've I've heard a lot of people saying surely these are the games that Aaron Ramsey's brought in for. I, I disagree. I think Rangers will know the task they've got ahead of them tomorrow, but I think they're more focused on him coming back to give them a real push at the league title. So I don't think there's any need to to rush him, shall we say, for this game tomorrow night. But listen, I don't think there's any doubt we'll see him on the pitch at some point. Uh, I wanted to just touch on Craig's point from earlier which I think is the biggest one and he referenced Calvin Bassett uh, going back to centre-half in the back four I mean I think Rangers back four is pretty nailed on I don't think there's any more defenders that even travelled with uh, the ones that are unavailable but one thing we've seen at, uh, in Rangers back four this year is that they're starting to you know, creep in with individual mistakes lapses of concentration that gives up chances and sometimes you can get away with that not in these games these are games where you give up uh, mistakes to give up chances they're not chances they're goals yeah, Marvin, are, are Craig's worries justified about you know return to left back for for Borna Barisic and presumably a move back into central defence for for Calvin Bassey? I mean, Craig focused very much on Calvin Bassey's part in that, but but it was only a couple of weeks ago. We know what type of evening Barisic had in the Old Firm game and was taken off, and I think the assumption was it, it was maybe going to be a bit of a spell out of of the starting eleven, but injuries of of sort of brought him back into the fold yeah Barisic seems to be written off after you know a bad 45 minutes or you know a bad couple of games he's still a top quality left back um yes he did have a you know a bad time of it um against Celtic but he's you know an experienced professional footballer and move on from that again as Andy said with Bassi he, he can't afford to make the mistakes that he has made recently um but he's still a 22 year old man you know he's, he's still learning his trade um I think he's so athletic in that position that I think it could really help them tomorrow um, with the way that Dortmund do attack and as I said you know it's about concentration for him you know you're not questioning his ability it's his concentration the mistake against Ross County is a concentration thing so tomorrow he has to be on his game you know and again it's against a massive team it's, it's in Europe these are the games he wants to be playing in so you know go out there and prove yourself 
Uh, thank you very much to Craig. Rangers fans, what do you think? No Haaland up against you tomorrow. Uh, I take it most of you will be happy about that. What about your own team? Can you stay in it? Can you cause a shock? Who would you like to see in that starting lineup? It's your last chance, really, to get your pre-match thoughts in. So 01419511025. Let's hear from you right now. It's a good time to call. And since we've just been in Dortmund, let me tell you all about this. Super Scoreboard European football coverage with Moyer and Sweeney litigation. Whether it's criminal defence, family law, public inquiries and more, they are here for you. Yes, Moyer and Sweeney litigation are our sponsors of European football coverage this year. So to celebrate, they're giving you the chance to win a 58-inch Samsung 4K TV. Good for watching the football on, obviously. And an Amazon Echo show. Whether it is criminal defence, family law, road traffic offences, public inquiry, personal injury, Moyer and Sweeney litigation have got you covered. So head to Clyde1.com to find out more and to enter for your chance to win that 58-inch Samsung TV and the Amazon Echo show. It is all thanks to Moyer and Sweeney litigation who are sponsoring our coverage here on Super Scoreboard of European Football this year. We're going to take more of your calls after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Marvin Bartley are here. It's 0141-951-1025 to join them. So please do, Celtic fans. This would be a great time to get your calls in because very soon we're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu and Georgios Giacomakis. He's talking about going all the way in the Europa Conference League. How do you feel about the competition? It's a bit of a, a new one for us. We've not experienced it uh, at this stage before. So what are you thinking ahead of tomorrow? Pick up that phone and let us know. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB where David King is on. He says, I'm delighted Haaland isn't playing tomorrow, but I'll be gutted if I don't get to see him in the flesh at Ibrox in a few weeks. And Stephen Wiseman says, if I get another son, I will name him Andy. There we go, Andy Halliday. So you've finally got a bit of recognition. Someone to carry the name, innit? <laughs> the family name. But anyway, right, okay. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's speak to George, who's a Rangers fan. George, what are you thinking ahead of tomorrow? Well, I'm thinking ahead of tomorrow is a couple of points. Good evening, gentlemen. First, you're all well. Um, a couple of points. The first one is about, about Ramsey. I think you have to play Ramsey. From a psychological point of view, if the, the Germans look at the team sheet and he's on it from the start, not on the bench, from the start, uh, that might be interesting. Because because of the Rangers situation where they're back four, uh, Balogun can't make it, etc., the back four does almost pick, its, pick itself. I think you said that, Andy. And it just shows you how short Rangers are, are, are going to be. And it could be a very long night for Gio. Uh, and I don't really want that. So I think you're looking at back four, a bank of four in the middle. And I would play Steve, Steve Davis as well, by the way. And whoever you want up front. But uh, you've got to play Ramsey from the start and hope for the best. Mm. Marvin Bartley, you I didn't know this until a couple of weeks ago that you are pretty much Aaron Ramsey's biggest fan <laughs> in the world. Uh, you were on the night that his signing was... Uh, about to get announced. What do you think? I, I think it's a tough ask for him to, to start tomorrow, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I, I don't expect Rangers to have a lot of the ball. Um, I think they'll need legs in there. I think Joe's already said that Ramsey's probably a couple of weeks away from being match fit um, to play in the Scottish Premier League, you know, let alone uh, against Borussia Dortmund. So for me, I would bring him on, definitely. He can make an impact, but I would definitely start with legs in there, um, you know, rather than starting him because I think it could be a long night for him if he, if he does do that. George, I, I get 
the the angle that you're taking about you know it's a bit of a statement when the name appears on on the team sheet. But I, I wonder if you're overlooking the opposition here, George. You're talking Marco Royce, Jude Bellingham. With all due respect, to Aaron Ramsey, are these guys going to be intimidated or fearful if they see Aaron Ramsey's name on the team sheet? Well, it's a, it's a respect thing, to be honest, Gordon. I mean, they, they should respect the, the footballers they're playing against at that level. It's the last 32. It's a magnificent achievement already. But I think Rangers need, need to realise they're going to be in for a long, long night. Yes, I understand what Martin's saying about uh, legs. But start the guy. You don't need to put him on. The game could be gone by the time you bring him on. So get him in there in the first eleven. Yeah, I mean, Andy, whether it's Aaron Ramsey or not, the makeup of that is quite interesting on top of that because George mentioned Steve Davis. I'm not entirely sure that maybe even two weeks ago we'd have many Rangers fans suggesting John Lundstrom should play, but he's now very much in a, a strong position too. You would imagine Ryan Jack's fit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want me just to get into the team that I would play just now, Gordon, because you're pretty much answering my question. Because I agree with Marvin. I think athleticism and legs are so important in there for the game tomorrow. And I would play both, which means um, I, I, I would start John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack because I just think I think Rangers need to be more solid, a little bit more of that defensive-minded approach with two natural holding midfielders in there. Yep, Steve, uh, Steve Davis is one, but I think he's played one 90-minute game of football in the last maybe three, four months. And, uh, you know, Marvin mentioned legs. I don't know how... 37-year-old Steve <laughs> Davis and Aaron Ramsey's legs are after 90 minutes at Galabank last weekend. So, uh, yeah, for me, that's the two that I would play in there just to try and shore it up and, and make the game as difficult as possible for Dortmund. And then, who knows, maybe in the last 20-25 uh, minutes, Rangers can uh, can be a little bit more expansive. George, what are the hopes then for this tie? I see most people saying, go there tomorrow, try and stay in it, and then you know take your chances at Ibrox. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I like to be optimistic, but I think it's going to be a very long night for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Uh, you, you're looking at Dortmund probably scoring two or three goals. Rangers will be lucky to get one. Uh, I'm predicting a 3-1 victory for Dortmund, and they might not even put out their full team. So I'm trying to be optimistic, uh, but I'm being realistic as well. Yeah, that's. I mean, Marvin, I keep hearing the odd cause for optimism we had Derek Ray on the show last night and he described Dortmund as having a, a glass jaw defensively at times and your colleague Andy Halliday's obviously been in nice and early doing his research talking about the goals they've conceded and so on and, and when you hear those things you think okay maybe and, and then you remember they're the second best team in a very strong league so it's clearly a big challenge yeah but you have to get it right between showing them respect and, and just not believing in yourselves Rangers have to believe in themselves 100% you know, as George is saying, I, I think they can go there and score. I think they are capable of doing that. I just think they have to change the way that they're going to play. You know, it's not like they are playing against another Scottish Premier League team. Just change your approach, you know. As I said, Joe will have a plan of, of attack. Um, you know, obviously getting Ryan Kent on the ball higher up the pitch, etc. Uh, on the counter-attack. Just change your style. You know, Rangers definitely can go there and get something out of the game. OK, thank you, George. It'll be an interesting night. No matter what happens, we will talk through it all tomorrow. Uh, on the show from 6 it's 01419511025 Celtic fans I did say this was a good time for you to call in so why don't you because we're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu uh, and Georgios Giacomakis as well let's kick off by hearing from the Celtic manager he says he won't change his attacking approach as, as European football returns tomorrow Norwegian side Bodo Glimt the visitors and uh, he says it's the, a game they're going to try and aim to win as usual by going at them from the off no, I'm not the tinkering type, mate. Um, 
I think people have seen our approach, you know. We, they saw our approach in, in Europe already. Um, we played some some pretty good teams. Um, Leverkusen, what are they, third in the Bundesliga and Batiste third in Spain. And people saw the approach we took against them. And our goal is to be a team that plays, you know, this football against all opposition. Now, that's obviously means that we need to keep improving. And But I thought we saw that, you know, to be fair to our European campaign. We ended up winning three games in our group, which... You know, we didn't really struggle. I mean, we, we, we started, obviously, you know, we, we, we started a bit slowly and particularly when we played Leverkusen here, you know, we, we played some good football but also realised that at that level you get punished for the smallest of mistakes and it gave us a real good realisation of, of the difference that we needed to make in our game but we didn't change our approach um, and we won't change our approach. Marvin Bartley, we must be at the stage where asking Ange Postacoglu if he's going to change his approach is a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> we, we, we know we know the story by now, don't we? Yeah, uh, the approach doesn't change. You know, even if he changes the players within within that starting eleven, the approach is exactly the same. And as he said, you know, if you want to do that in Europe, you're going to have to improve um, because they want to be in you know the Champions League or, or the Europa League at least. Obviously, they find themselves in the Conference League at this moment in time. But if you're going to go and do that in Europe, you know, you really have to be good at it because you look at Man City, those sorts of teams, they've got, you know, world-class players. So it's very difficult for Celtic to try and go and compete with those teams and play the way they do in the league. What did you make? You mentioned you, you'd watched bits of Bodo Glimt because you're right, some of the players left there and and went to Hibs. Um, they are, of course, in their off-season at the moment. But what did you make of them? What did you pick up? We had David Weatherson, who's a, a former professional player in Scotland he lives in Norway we spoke to him on the show last night and he said they actually play quite similar to Celtic in terms of the way they at least try and go about the game yeah they're, they're very tidy um, you know possession dominant uh, they, they attack extremely well um, again defensively Celtic will score goals um, for me the Celtic will score goals tomorrow definitely they try and play football in the right way um, you know their approach to it is not just trying to turn it into channels they are trying to build up through the thirds and it's controlled entries into the final third they've lost one of their big players to Hibs you know I know he's a young man but he's somebody they rated really really highly so it'll be interesting to see how they do without him but no they're definitely a team that are capable and need to be respected but I expect Celtic to you know be have far too much over the two legs Andy being where we are now on this Sanj Postacoglu journey if you like with the experience behind us I wonder now if we, we know for sure that they're going to try and, and really you know blow Bodo Glimt away early because now they've got that reference point if you've done it against Rangers if you've done it against other you know good teams in Scotland if you've done it even in Europe to, to up to a point does that that give you the confidence because you remember at the start Celtic were trying this and as usual people were saying oh hold on a minute you're, you're only beating St Mirren by six or you're only beating Dundee but we're, we're now further down the line to, to sort of learn what this Celtic team's capable of yeah, and I think you can look at um, you know, Celtic's sort of defensive record in that Europa League group stage, but I don't think there's any doubt the team's improved this, uh, since then. I think a big part of that is obviously the recruitment that uh, everyone was much awaiting on in January. I do think Celtic have improved across the across the pitch, and yeah, certainly no surprise that Ange Postecoglou is saying that they'll continue their style of play going into the game tomorrow. And yeah, I, I fully believe that Celtic are the favourites going into the game. Uh, but listen, Bodo Glimt, although they're, they're, they're relatively inexperienced in, in European football, you've got to respect them. They went unbeaten in their group stages. And for being an inexperienced side, they certainly made everyone sit up and take notice after the 6-1 victory at home to Roma. And not only that, getting a 2-2 draw away at, uh, in Italy as well. So they're going to be a tough team. Uh, you know, Marvin mentioned some of their players. The, the one that sort of stood out for me was was obviously their, 
their top goal scorer uh, in the group stages has left them now he's, he's, uh, he's signed for Krasnodov for 4.5 million so how much is that going to be a blow their, their, their league campaign obviously finishing December how much is that going to affect them but I'm, I don't think there's any doubt that Celtic will go in respecting them but, but certainly be confident William is on 01419511025 what do you make of this it's a new competition William isn't it how much desire do you have for Celtic to go and try and go far in it Oh, good evening, guys. How you doing? Uh, I always think it's great, you know. So I always want Scottish teams to do well in Europe, you know. So uh, I think it's great in your competition, even though it's gave us a, a couple of uh, drop-downs and for one to the, to the next, it's sort of a, a bit cheating, you know. But I still think uh, it's a bit of reverse, you know, when usually the Norwegian champions are coming to uh, Scotland, you know, and uh, when they're halfway through the season... And they're there, and it's in the reverse now that the Celtic are. But usually they quite well. Usually they quite well against like Rosenberg and teams like that in the past, you know. So uh, even with Celtic starting their season, never mind having been halfway through the season, you know. I just think uh, it'll be a good game tomorrow, a tough game tomorrow night. Uh, I expect Celtic to win, you know. I do expect Celtic to be too strong for them, uh, especially at home, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point William makes because we are used to this and I had sort of forgotten about that comparison in the you know, the summer, Andy, every time we have these qualifiers, that's sometimes the danger for Celtic or Rangers. You get a Scandinavian team that's midway through their season, you're just starting off and it catches you cold. Does it work in reverse or are they nice and rested and fresh? How does this work? No, I mean, I don't know if Marvin agrees, but if I'm a player, I, I want to have games under my belt, especially competitive games going into a game of this magnitude. But like, even if Bodo Glimp were, were, were well into the season, I still think, uh, think Celtic will be the favourites going into the game regardless. I think that Juranovic is a huge boost, him being available to the team again. And like I said, when I even look at the, you know, the teams that are in the competition, I really do feel as if Celtic are one of the maybe four or five Favourites to go on and win it. Uh, you know, we always say that the bookies don't get much wrong in, in Leicester being eleven to two favourites to win the competition. I don't th- think Celtic would fear Leicester, so I certainly don't think they're going to fear Bodo Glimp tomorrow night. Marvin, yeah, no, I totally agree with Andy. Um, I'd rather be, you know, in the middle of the season, um, you know, ready to play. A lot can be said when you're playing games week in week out. It's very, very difficult, you know, when when you do stop or the off season, you're coming and playing against a team, you know, the magnitude of Celtic. Um, I definitely expect Celtic to win this game. Um, you know, if Bodo Glimp were in the middle of their season, it'd be a tougher one, but I'd still be back in Celtic 100%. Thank you very much, William. 01419511025. What do you make of this Celtic fans? Jack, Georgios Jakimakis, we're going to hear from him just after the travel. He thinks Celtic can go all the way in the Europa Conference League, but what do you think? Get your calls in right now, and we'll hear from you and Georgios Jakimakis next. <laughs> 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here both waiting on your calls so let's hear you 0141-951-1025 When I say that Andy Halliday is here uh, I'm pleased to report that Andy after you almost didn't arrive because you and I were on the phone safely of course on, on loudspeaker doing what we usually do professional checking up on what we're going to discuss on the show talking behind Marvin's back about him <laughs> and uh, and whilst we, were, whilst we were on the phone how close did you come to being involved in a road traffic accident I'd say an inch an inch is, is probably describing it uh, very very safely I, I, I just don't the, the, the guy's obviously not checked his blind spot he's trying to move into the fast lane and 
Yeah, if I, if I didn't beep the horn, then definitely we'd be talking about a crash right now. But the, the guy was very apologetic, so I let him off with it. I could, I could smell the fear, Marvin Bartley, <laughs> through the phone. And do you, do you want to know that he, he likes to he likes to present himself as this cool customer? I'm going to explain to you how I know that he was <laughs> rattled by the full experience because after it, he beeped the horn and he gasped, and I said. Oh, where are you? And he said, I'm in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Composure was fully gone. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes, I think I gathered that you were in the car. I was asking whereabouts you were. But anyway, if if you are the almost guilty party out there, don't worry. Andy forgives you. And those gestures that he was throwing out the window, he doesn't mean it. And he takes them all back. So anyway, 01419511025 on the phones. Or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. What do you think of this Celtic fans? Uh, Georgios Chakimakis speaking today. He thinks Celtic, you know, could go all the way in the Europa Conference League with manager Hans Postecoglou filling the side with belief. It's one of our targets. It's something really important. Of course, it's a new competition uh, that didn't exist in the past years. The, uh, something new. That, but this is it. This is a European game for us. It's the same like we played the Europa or Champions League. It's going to be the same for us. Uh, it's a European game, it's a big night for us and for the fans and uh, we will try to make them happy again. Of course, of course, we can go as, as deep as possible in this uh, competition and uh, I don't see why we cannot dream big. This quote is uh, made is made to be the, to dream big. Uh, Andy, looking at the teams that are in it, you mentioned a couple, I think PSV, uh, Fenerbahce, Slavia Prague, they play each other. Um, Leicester, of course, as you mentioned, Marseille, I think both Prague teams are in there, aren't they? I know we've had a bit of a mixed yeah. experience with them. It's an interesting, it's easy at the start to sort of scoff at it and you know what we're like here if you if you get put out of the Europa League and then you're almost, your rivals are going to laugh at you for being in the Conference League, but there's still a decent level of opposition there, isn't there? Yeah, there's still a decent level of opposition. Uh, of course, it's European football after after Christmas. There's there's obviously the financial gain there if, if Celtic to continue to progress through the rounds. So, of course, I, I, listen, I, I'm I'm quite fond of the, the 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 new addition of the the Europa Conference League, especially because the fact that you know there's a good chance that other other Scottish football clubs can can try to progress through that through that campaign as well. But yeah, you've mentioned some listen, you've mentioned some big teams, but. I don't really see them as European giants at, uh, at, at this present moment. Like I said, you look at the like likes of you know, Leicester and Roma and Marseille. I think are are, among, are amongst the three favourites. None none of the three really doing that great in the in the in the league campaign. So I don't think there's any reason whatsoever that Celtic can't think they can go extremely far. And uh, you know I'm not too surprised to to hear Jackie Marcus say that in his, his press conference either. Marvin, do you think this is a sign of? Just what a bit of belief can do for you. I mean, at the start of all this, this was seen as a, a bit of a rebuild for Celtic and the league campaign didn't get off to a good start. And I'm pretty sure back then Celtic fans would have thought, oh, what, what conference league, you know, like, like, like that will be way down the list of priorities. But but once you're there, once you're in it, once it's, it's there and it's tomorrow and you see what you've been doing in, in recent weeks, it probably gives you that that extra motivation to go and actually make something of it. It definitely does. As Andy said, you know, it's European football at the end of the day. So any competition that Celtic Football Club are in, they, they want to win. And it just shows how far they've come. You know, as you said, it's a rebuilding job for Ange at the start. Um, you know, he spoke with a lot of belief, even when they lost to Hearts at the start of the, the season. And now it's, you know, the, the players are doing the same thing. And there's that real confidence when you hear them speak almost a little bit of arrogance you know to say that we want to go and win things we can go and win things we're good enough to do it and they do look in there and see some big teams you know teams would definitely have big, bigger budgets than them Roma, Leicester etc 
But, you know, it's, they take it one round at a time. Um, they believe they can win it. The manager does. You know, we heard him speak earlier. The players believe it. So now it's time to go out on the pitch and prove it. Yeah, John is a Celtic fan. He's been hanging on for ages. My apologies, John. Got carried away. Uh, what are you thinking ahead of, of tomorrow then? Well, as I said, as well, no, Andy, we were the first British team to win the European Cup. It would be nice for the first British team to win the Conference League, you know. Just thought I'd get like you have that with Andy, pal. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very confident tomorrow night, but as I've spoke to somebody all night, at this Podo Glint, as Marvin said, they're not a bad team, by the way, you know what I mean? They're very good going forward, so there's, there's, there's goals in them, so there is. But I think we should maybe tomorrow night... Play, play a few French players, but in the same time, play a, quite a strong team, you know what I mean? So I, I would what do you mean, John? What do you mean? When you say fringe players, what, who though? Who, who in particular? I'd like to see McCarthy get in a game, you know what I mean? And as I've said before, I, I know I maybe like, make more argument here, but to me, as I spoke to the guy I was on last night, I didn't go on, but to me, Ange doesn't fancy Big Julian. Obviously, it, it still, to me, it gave him a run out. I know he played the second half or, or some minutes against Rafe Rovers, and I thought he'd have played them maybe the full game to try and get him up to speed a wee bit, just in case Celtic, like one of the defenders, got injured. But that tells me, uh, guys, that he doesn't he doesn't fancy Julian as a player, and I think he's for, the, for next season. I know he's got all his own players in now. To me, apart from the guys, maybe like McGregor and that, he wants uh, he wants his own he wants his own team, and they obviously brought Vickers in and Starfield etc at the back Juranovic uh, to me he wants this his own team and to me Julian's not a part of it and personally as I've spoke to Andy and that four on here I don't I don't rate Big Julian I think he's a good defender but I don't think he's he's got the, the hardness to play for no, I mean he's not a hard enough player for, as far as I'm concerned he's too easily pushed off for a big guy Interesting you mentioned about you know Ange wanting his own team and so on John but you've also mentioned James McCarthy to, to play tomorrow. I, I wonder if he fits that because Celtic not only played Wraith Rovers at the weekend and, and therefore rotated the squad to begin with, they brought on five subs and, and he wasn't one of them. Does that not also suggest that he might not really be at the forefront of Ange Postacoglu's thinking? I, I, I agree with you, Gordon, there as well. But as I said, I would just like to see, you know what I mean, to try and get some game time. But I know, I don't know if, if at the time, obviously, he was one of Ange's signings or he just get brought in to appease the fans because of at the start the, 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 the team and the squad wasn't very good at the start as we all know but obviously the squad's brilliant now you know what I mean it's a, but to me he's still got a few players I still think he'll have a few aces up his sleeve in the summer transfer window again hopefully in the Japanese league or over the Asian league you know what I mean mm. Yeah, Andy, hopefully you've recovered from that brutal slide tackle John put in on you <laughs> at the start of the call there that must have been quite hard for you um, what do you make of his points? Yeah, I mean, I I do think no, there's potential to be a couple of changes. I think especially with with Juranovic coming back, but I I just think with the the sort of mentality and the form that Celtic are in, I do think that it's a competition they've got their eyes to go really far in and and obviously try and win it. So I do expect them to be as strong as possible, uh, and strong as possible Celtic. I don't think James McCarthy at the moment fits in it. Uh, you know, I, you know, uh, John just mentioned their strength and depth there. I don't think. There's many positions on the pitch where they've got more strength and depth, uh, depth sorry, than midfield. And you know, at the moment, there's maybe five or six names that are sort of ahead of James McCarthy, so I don't expect him to play. Uh, in terms of uh, Christoph Julian, I think it's, you know, I th- for me, it's too early to say if um, Ange Postacoglu fancies him or not. He's obviously been out for a, a long period of time, and, and similar to, you know, Philip Hollander for Rangers just came back, and, 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 and thankfully for them, getting minutes under his belt in the cup competition. But that being said, it's 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 Carol Starfelt's jersey and, and Carter Vickers' jersey to lose because, you know, Starfelt in particular, I think, has improved uh, tenfold from his performances at the start of the season. 
Yeah, Marvin, that midfield is very congested and lots of players vying for it. The only thing that would change slightly from the weekend, uh, Idiguchi is not in the Europa squad, so but everyone else is and good to go. Yeah, I expect them to, to go extremely strong tomorrow. Um, no doubt about it. You know, when you're playing and you're winning games of football, you, you rarely feel fatigue. You know, you feel the aches and pains of playing games prior to that when you're bottom of the league. I think everyone within that Celtic dressing room wants to play. So if the manager says to them tomorrow, you know, who's fit to go, everyone puts their hands up. So it's not about, for me, resting players for, for the sake of resting them. If they feel OK, you even saw Callum McGregor ready to come on against Wraith Rovers. You know, the, the guy's wearing a face mask at this moment in time, putting his his body in jeopardy, basically, um, to, to go and play games of football. And he's willing to do that in, in a cup competition that Celtic you know, should have been more comfortable than they were uh, at that point of the game. So there's no doubt about it for me that everyone wants to play. On the Julian, I think it's, it's difficult. He's been out for 14 months, um, if not longer. So it's very hard you know, to try and manage his minutes in a first-team environment. Also, Welsh has done extremely well when he's come in and played. So it'd be a real kick in the teeth to him to suddenly, you know, become the fourth choice centre half or fifth choice centre back. Julian has to be patient and, you know, obviously Carter Vickers felt fit to play the game and that's why he started. Thank you very much, John. Nice to hear from you. Keep your calls coming in and we're going to do this next. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Ah, what a contrast in the studio. You've got Andy Halliday's favourite 30 seconds of the week and Marvin Bartley's most dreaded 30 seconds of the week. It is Beat the Pundit time. If you want to take them on tonight, it's 0141-951-1025 and you need to get your call in before 7 o'clock. So your chance to Beat the Pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here at 01419511025 to join in the conversation. We've had an interesting first hour looking ahead to tomorrow. No Erling Haaland for Borussia Dortmund Rangers fans. What do you make of that? What team would you pick? There's no Leon Balogun uh, for you to choose from. So pick up the phone and let us know. Celtic fans, Georgios Chakamakis is talking about going all the way in the Europa Conference League. Again, give us your thoughts on the usual number and... Of course, we've got one other, another managerial vacancy in the Premiership. Stephen Glass was the big news at the weekend. We've not filled that one yet, and there is another one uh, on the go at the moment. James McPake is no longer the Dundee manager, so if you've got any thoughts on that in terms of whether it was the right call or who should replace him, now is a good time to share them, and we'll get to you after we play this. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. An extra special Beat the Pundit this week, as if it can get any more special. All you need to do is get through and take part and you're already a winner. We're going to give you a pair of tickets for the Virgin Bet Race Day at Air Racecourse on Saturday the 12th of March. You don't even need to get any questions right, just as long as you get on and play, you get the tickets. Of course, you still get the same ball if you can get past Andy or Marvin, but we will send you and one other person to the Air Races next month. And if you like the sound of that, but you're too shy to play, then you can go and buy tickets online right now for the Virgin Bet race day at Air Racecourse. However, one man that is not too shy at all, a man who has stepped up to the plate uh, tonight is Darren, who's a Celtic fan in Straven. How's it going, Darren? Yeah, it's going good. How are you? Not bad at all. Fancy a wee day to the races? Aye, that's what got me a phone. I was on about two years ago and got beat off the L, so this is about the only thing that would make me phone in again. Hold on, hold on, Darren. There are some things in life that you should just never, ever, ever admit to, and that is one of them. But it was the night they thought Bevis McGabby was from Argentina, so at least, 
was a bit of pain. <laughs> so let me get let me get this straight. Not only does Gordon Deal beat you, he's got time to guess that Bevis McGabby's Argentinian, and he still beats you. Aye, I don't even know why I brought that up. I'm not painting a good picture. No, of me neither. No, you are not, Darren. Honestly, right. Well, Marvin Bartley's even worse than Gordon DL, so you, you <laughs> wow. never know if it's, if it's <laughs> there's a sentence you never thought you would hear. Um, if it's Marvin, you might be in with a shout. Andy Halliday tends to know his stuff on here, so let's toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Marvin Bartley, and if it's tails, it will be Andy Halliday. Oh, it's Marvin Bartley, I'm afraid. Marvin, I know you hate it. I know you dread it all week. Uh, but let's give Marvin... Let's give Marvin some Clyde too, so that he can't hear uh, Darren's answers. Darren, you've played before. I know you've probably tried to remove it from your memory, but you've got 30 seconds. Just answer the questions, as many as you can, and if you don't know, pass quickly, and we'll move on to the next one, OK? Yep. Right, good man. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. Who's the oldest player to feature for Celtic this season? Joe Hart. Name the only player in the current Dortmund squad who's from the UK. Edward Bellingham. Which club have scored the most goals against Rangers in the league this season? Uh, Ross County. Name any current Hearts player who's got at least one Scotland cap. Craig Gordon. Which stadium do both AC and Inter ground share for their home games? San Siro. And name the only current player in the Scottish Premiership whose dad played with Scotland at France 98. Oh, pass, I don't know. Okay, okay, let's bring Marvin back. Marvin, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. How much are you dreading this? <laughs> I'm sweating, man. Come on, let's go. I think, I think you can get a few of these. You ready? <laughs> You're 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who's the oldest player to feature for Celtic this season? Joe Hart. Name the only player in the current Dortmund squad who's from the UK. Billingham. Which club have scored the most goals against Rangers in the league this season? Ross County. Name any current Hearts player who's got at least one Scotland cap. John Suter. Which stadium do both AC and Inter ground share for home games? San Siro. And name the only current player in the Scottish Premiership whose dad played with Scotland at France 98. Hendry. Okay. Now what, Darren? Hold on, I can hear. Cl- is that clapping from Andy Halliday? Are you impressed with your teammates' efforts this evening? Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I, that's the one I didn't think he would get, but he's done brilliant there. Darren, you did pretty well. You sounded confident. Surely that was better than the time you lost to Gordon Diel when he thought Bevis McGabby was Argentinian. I, I think I will. I think I only got one or two that night, so I think at least I got more than that. I think. <laughs> You're moving up. Right, let's find out then. Who's the oldest player to feature for Celtic this season? He is 34 years old and he's Joe Hart. Well done, you both got it. You both also got Jude Bellingham as the only Dortmund player from the UK. You both also knew that Ross County have scored the most goals against Rangers this season. So it's 3 all, uh, which is not a bad at all. Now, there are loads of Hearts players who've got at least one Scotland cap. You've got Kingsley, you've got Mackay Stephen, you've got Mackay... Let me see on this list, is Halliday on there? No, it does appear to be uh, John Souter and Craig Gordon. So you both got that. 
So we're absolutely flying here. It's like, what is it, four all after four questions. Uh, the stadium, the AC and Inter ground share, well, they call it different things, don't they? The, the San Siro or the Giuseppe Miazza. So well done. You both got that. I'll give you it. And it all comes down to the last question. Name the only current player in the Scottish Premiership whose dad played with Scotland at France 98. As far as I know, there is no John Collins Jr. or Tom Boyd Jr. or Jim Layton Jr. But there is Callum Henry, Marvin Bartley, I cannot believe what I've just witnessed. <laughs> seven out of seven, man. Thanks for coming, Paul. <laughs> oh, Darren, Darren done you, very well as well. Nah, he lost Andy. There's no time for doing very well. It's about winners and losers D- in this game. Darren, Darren, this guy is hopeless at beat the pundit. He is hopeless. You've called in tonight. You've got five right, which is perfectly reasonable, and he's somehow beaten you. Darren, I am so sorry. Unlucky. That's all right. We were done. Marvin. Cheers, mate. Take care. Thanks for calling up, pal. <laughs> Marvin, how, how happy are you I'm at that? Because this, this absolutely destroys you every week. Oh, I know. Honestly, I drive here thinking, please don't be me. Please don't be me. But today, you know, Darren called up. He was unlucky. And I just wanted to dedicate that win to my family. So, yeah, thanks. Well, do you know what, right? This is Question, y- uh, sorry, got... sorry, Gordon, but questions for Callum for how easy they were. Come on. You think so? Andy, come on. It's nothing to do with you today. Leave me alone. I've just That's won. That's outrageous, some of them. <laughs> you, you've dug a hole for yourself, though, Marvin. It's customary when a pundit gets 100%, you have to quickly try and get the rest of them to see if you would have got 10 out of 10. Oh. Are you ready? Go on. What country is St Mirren striker Alex Grieve from? Finland. <laughs> New Zealand, you've blown it already. Oh, no. Do you know what? We're playing them, and I knew this because I've been... I was watching him yesterday. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, listen, I won no, the game anyway. Yeah, Alex Grieve really sounds like a Finnish name, so uh. I'll give you that. It was an easy, an easy mistake to make. Right, thank you to Darren. Well done to Marvin, grudgingly. 01419511025. Uh, for the second time in a week, in fact, the second time in half a week, we've got a top-flight managerial vacancy, uh, and it's the fact that James McPeak has been sacked by Dundee so firstly is it the right call is it the wrong call and secondly where did he go from here because football doesn't stand still for too long uh, Andy Halliday what are your thoughts on that one uh, I mean I've got to say I'm probably a bit surprised about the timing um, I don't think Dundee have had a, you know, an, an all of a great time of it this year uh, but I mean off the back of a you know a great Away win at Tynecastle last week and followed that up by by progressing in the cup. I think the timing's a bit strange. I always feel as if when you're when you're sort of down there and you're struggling, you only just need sort of one big result to sort of galvanise your season and put yourself on a run. And, and obviously they got that last week. So I think the timing of the of the of the sacking's a bit strange to me. Marvin, yeah, no, I agree. You know, he lost six games on the bounce and, and kept his job. And all of a sudden, as Andy said there, he beats Hearts. He, he goes through to the next round of the cup after beating Peter Head. And I can only imagine that. You know they've had to force it forward because maybe a target that they want, they're scared could go to to Aberdeen. Um, that's the only reasoning behind it that I can think that Dundee have thought. Do you know what? We're gonna have to act now because we might lose out on our number one target. Should James go? You know, two weeks down the line. We've got a theory in place already. Uh, what do you think out there on the phones? Let's bring in Gary, who's a Dundee fan and podcaster. Uh, Gary, the first question is the obvious one: Is this the right call to, to get rid of James McPake? Hi Gordon, yeah I think it absolutely is but I do agree with what Andy and Marvin have said about very strange timing uh, I think most fans probably did think that he was going to get his jotters after the defeat to Ross County the, I was at Dens that day 
the atmosphere was pretty toxic. It was the third defeat to Ross County this season. If you take away those results, we're not 11th, we're 10th, and they're 11th. Um, obviously, football doesn't work like that, but it was, I think, at that point, the, the few fans who still had some semblance of patience probably lost it then, uh, and I don't know if maybe the, the club has been sending out uh, alternatives uh, during that time. It does seem a bit strange after an away win at Tynecastle and going through in the Cup to get rid of him, but I do think it is probably the right call, although it is, at the same time, I think a lot of fans do have some sympathy for James McPake. He has been a, a, a decent club servant over his time, both as a player, youth coach and manager. Um, so it is, it's a bit of a shame that it's ended the way it has, but I think it, it probably, maybe not the right timing, but certainly the, the right call to make. So you don't see the win at Tynecastle, and then you know the Scottish Cup victories perhaps different because you're overwhelming favourites, but you don't see those back-to-back wins as a sign that things were turning and heading in the right direction? This has happened quite a few times under James McPaig, funnily enough, and I think every time that uh, you know people have thought that it was the, the end of his era, he would he would pull a result out of somewhere. But I think that the the fans generally feel as if there, there's a little bit of a, a rudderlessness at the club, and I think that for a while now, fans have been thinking that there, there could be somebody else out there, and I'm sure we might get on to talk about some of the names being bandied about, um, but. I, I think that the the fan base, generally speaking, is was probably beginning to lose a little bit of patience with things, and there were some peculiar substitutions happening, some peculiar uh, decisions being made uh, before games as well, and just a lot of frustration among the fan base. Really, I think Dundee fans accept that we're not the the biggest side in Scotland, far from it. But I think the the yo-yo status of the club over the last decade, even longer than that, is probably shortened our. Uh, our patience uh, beyond other fans so I think it, it really did just have to happen uh, Marvin and Andy on on the timing then and Andy you are part of this equation you 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 know it's your hearts team that, that Dundee went to Tynecastle and beat can we assume then if we're reading between the lines do you think the Dundee board expected James McPake to lose that game and then the, the trigger would have been pulled that day or how have we got to this where everyone is a bit curious about the timing yeah maybe maybe because I think the you know the previous five or six results before that were, were obviously extremely disappointing you look at the, the league table there's only two points that, that uh, separate them and St Johnson right now so f- clearly the Dundee both feel like their, their best chance of survival is, is by um, as Gary called it giving James McPate his jotters so I always think when when you you make a call like that, you need to weigh up that who's out there, who's available, and uh, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that Dundee uh, board have been doing that over the last two or three weeks. So maybe, maybe that's um, played on their mind by by making that decision. But it'll be interesting now to see who uh, who, who who Dundee go for. Yeah, I mean, well, Gary, let's start with you on that. It doesn't take long for lists of names to come out. Some are predictable, some are not. Have you got a standout at the moment or a sort of overview of, of what you've been seeing so far? 100% Jack Ross. It, it has to be him for this appointment. If it's not, then unless the Dundee board are about to really surprise me and the rest of Scottish football, I, I don't see who else is really out there. Some other names that have been bandied about are Derek Adams. He's not had the, the best relationship with Dundee fans as an opposition manager, if I can put it politely. Um, he's been bandied about and Neil Lennon has as well. Um, I mean, it's the, it's the laundry list of managers who are currently out of work that you would expect to see. I think um, there's been rumours that Mark McGee, I think betting has been suspended because Mark McGee's name has been put out there and money has been put on him. 
The last time I saw Mark McGee dug out was when Dundee put five past Motherwell before half-time and the Well Boys left the stadium to go and protest at Mark McGee's managerial reign. So I, I don't think that would be an appointment that would fill Dundee fans with confidence either. Obviously, Gordon Strachan's involved at Dundee, whether he makes the, the step into the uh, managerial hot seats to be seen, but for me, it's got to be Jack Ross. He's uh, He was a Dundee player in his youth, um, and he's somebody, you know, I think Hamden record notwithstanding, uh, not that that really always matters for Dundee these days, um, I, I think he's clearly the, the stellar, outstanding candidate, and I think Dundee fans would be 100% satisfied if he was appointed. Anybody else would have to wait and see. Gary, what about, I just want to fling another name at you, if you, you mentioned a lot of managers there that are linked with the post. What about Kevin Thompson? Obviously being a, an ex-player and got a relationship at Dundee, do you think his stock is, is not quite high enough yet, being a uh, a young ma- uh, a young man in a manager's uh, world but uh, uh, what's your thoughts on that appointment I, I think he would certainly be in the frame for the future and I don't think it's necessarily because the board don't feel he's got enough experience just now but more that the board have said in in the statement that they put out announcing that uh, McKay had been relieved of his duties they said that they wanted to appoint a manager with more managerial experience so I think it would be very difficult for them to um, sort of keep to that promise if they're appointing somebody who literally has less experience than James McPake does uh, just now but I think if it wasn't for that and if it wasn't for the position Dundee were in I think fans would certainly be more than willing to, to give Kevin Thompson a, a second look he had a terrific record at Dens I can't remember the stats off the top of my head but I think as a player we would have been playing in Europe if he'd been playing every game uh, for us and it was just unfortunate that it was the, the time of his career that it was um, at Dens but I, I don't think he'll get it this time around but you never know for the future Marvin what's your take on the names Gary's pretty I like that I like when someone's clear and although we were getting on so well up until that point where he mentioned that day at Fur Park <laughs> uh, with Mark McGee so I might just cut Gary off after this but um, he's, he's straight out Jack Ross very clear for him yeah. uh, and he's obviously thrown a good suggestion in there and, and it is interesting Gary is right the Dundee statement specifically mentions managerial experience as a young coach what, what do you make of that? I think it'll be either a Jack Ross or, or no Lennon if I'm honest um, I think you know the Jack Ross one was a look at first kind of go down that avenue first I think that's why they've you know, sack James when they have um, because I think Jack Ross will be in for the Aberdeen job as well and I imagine he's somebody that they'll want to speak to if you want an instant reaction, um, you know, I've worked under Neil Lennon and I think Dundee will get that um, 100%. Uh, so I think for the short term, if you're looking for someone between now and the end of the season, he'd be right up there for me. Um, but, you know, if it's somebody more long term, then obviously Jack Ross is, is a manager who, you know, is managed up here before. Obviously, he just, just left Hibs. Um, he's down at Sunderland, obviously at St Mirren as well. Um, you know, so I think he would be a good one for it as well. Very, you know, two managers are very, very different. Um, but I think, you know, as I said, I think they both do a good job. You talk about past experiences as well. Jack Ross is obviously he had a great time at Alwa, a great time at St Mirren, and albeit, you know, he, he left with a record, I think it was 1 1 and 9. I mean, it was only the year before that he got the highest ever points total for Hibs in, the, uh, in a domestic campaign. I think it was three cup semi finals. So, yep. yeah, I think out of all the, all the names that, that Gary mentioned, I think he's the one that stands out. Uh, Gary, great to get your insight. Thank you for joining us. That was Gary, uh, Dundee fan and podcaster, giving us the lowdown on the way the Dundee fans feel about that news tonight. We've now got two high-profile managerial vacancies 
on the go in the Premiership. Aberdeen, who of course were held at home to St Johnson last night, they're still on the lookout as are Dundee as of today. Well, maybe before that, but officially as of today. It's 01419511025 and we will take more calls. We're going to speak to Rangers fan Mark after these. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Marvin Bartley are here. It's 01419511025 to get your calls in. We're talking well, whatever you like, really. Looking forward to European football tomorrow. We just had Gary Dundee fan on giving us the lowdown on the runners and riders for that vacant post at Dens Park. I suppose we'll need to do the same for the Pataudry one because that's not uh, concluded yet and there was a big game last night. So keep the calls coming in and we're going to speak uh, very soon uh, on the phones but let's just quickly give a full-time teaser to these two. Full-time at Clyde1.com That's full-time at Clyde1.com if you want to send it in. Uh, Ryan uh, sent this one in. Ryan and Airdrie says, can you name an Andy Halliday? This is too easy for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to make Marvin Bartley start off and then you can just help him <laughs> later on, right? Okay. Can you name the last 10 players who wore the number one shirt for Rangers? Can you name the last 10 players who wore the number one shirt for Rangers? Marvin Bartley, even you can't get the first one wrong. McGregor. Yes, well done. Yes, He's actually done it twice in that uh, period, but obviously he only counts once. So, Alan McGregor, well done. Andy? No, I'm not oh, don't tell me. What, not you are to play? joking me. No, yeah, he's allowed to you, play you, eventually, you, but you, I thought you, you would get more than one. No. You get a few. Pressure, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating again, mate. I don't, <laughs> don't like this. I used all my energy for beating the pundit, and now you just throw me under another bus. Wow. Last time. Right, Andy, give Andy him Gorham. One. Give him before. Yes, Andy yeah. Gorham. Yes, the guy that Andy Haldy was named after, uh, as we <laughs> discovered tonight. Okay, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there for now. You've got plenty of time. You've got until the end of the show to give me another eight of the last ten players to wear number one for Rangers. McGregor and Gorham, nice, easy, obvious ones to get us up and running. Uh, we'll see how you get on uh, a bit later on in the show. Right, let's go back to the phones and bring in Mark, who's a Rangers fan in Irvine. What's your main thoughts ahead of tomorrow, Mark? Hi, lads. How are you doing? Thanks. Good. Uh, just regarding the game tomorrow, um, I would feel we guys getting a one 0 loss. I'd be only win we had to be fair. I mean, Dortmund shouldn't even really be in the Europa League. To be fair, they should be in the Champions League of that quality. Kind of on the the Haaland front as well. When you touched upon earlier on, I'm kind of gutted not to see him play against Rangers because. Try to be the best, you try to be the best, if you know what I mean, you just see what the panel thought about it. Well Andy, that's certainly what you sort of took away from it earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, I mean, I can only talk from experience, uh, you know, certain games I've played in in the past, and you know, when I'm finished at the end of my career, and I can talk to my children and say I've played against you know, Eden Hazard and, and these boys, and I'm, I'm no, I've, I've no doubt going into the game that uh, I'm sure Rangers would have liked to pit their wits against arguably the best striker in the world at the moment, don't get me wrong, it makes their job... A lot, a lot more difficult if he if he plays in the game. But I mean, if Ireland Haaland doesn't play tomorrow night, they've got a forty million pound striker in Daniel Marlon, who they sent from PSV in the summer. So it's not as if he, he's getting replaced by by someone with miles worse quality. So they're they're, they're going to have threats, you know, throughout the pitch. You look at Marco Royce, a German caps he's had. You know, we've mentioned Jude Bellingham, Giovanni Reina. They've got plenty of quality, but I don't think there's any doubt as as a player that they would want to play against the best, just to you know put their wits against them. 
See, that's the difference between you two, Marvin Bartley. This guy wants selfies, wants to swap shirts, <laughs> wants autographs. You just want the full team out injured yep. and give you the easiest possible 90 minutes. Exactly, because it's a better story going to your kids and saying, do you know what, we're not Dortmund now. And they're not going to look the line up, up, are they? And I'll say, yeah, Harlan played for them and this player played for them. I'm not going to tell them who we played against. I just want to win, mate. Oh, so you're a liar as well. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad that we've, uh, that we've established that. Um Interesting though when listening there about saying you know, take, take a 1-0 sort of thing and get out of there I know this has been speculated or debated a lot in the last couple of nights because of the Champions League no away goals now of course which you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big change and it, I, I've yet to see too many people Andy who are in favour of that nowadays everyone's got an opinion on everything and usually it's split and there'll be people on on either side I've not, I've not seen too many who actually think that's a good idea I don't really have an opinion either way, to be honest. I do. I, I mean, I do like the old rule of the fact that you know, as as an away team, you, there's an incentive to go there and try and get a goal. But I, I don't think it changes what 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 should be a good spectacle tomorrow night. Um, I don't think I, I, I again it changes how Rangers are going to approach the game either, because I do think uh, you know going into the game they they have to be more defensively uh, uh, solid and trying to take a positive back to to Ibrox and uh, you know looking at it. What is a positive result? Because I really do feel going into the game tomorrow, Rangers will get chances, but the issue is try to keep them out. Yeah, Marvin, it is a change, isn't it? You know, we've become so used to it in in recent times. Uh, I saw lots of people having a whinge about it during the Champions League games last night. Does it change anything for you? It definitely changes something for me because I think you go into these games now and, you know, whereas before you'd be like, right, if if we're 2-0 down, if we can nick a goal, that away goal was absolutely massive because then, you know, you get a 1-0 win at home and, and suddenly you're through. Um, I think it made you know the away teams open up a little bit more. Um, you know, I think it made the game slightly better, especially if you fell behind early on. Um, whereas now, you know, if you think if you go one or down, you just sit, stay behind the ball and think, you know what, we'll go back to our home place, and as long as we win that game, then you know you're kind of through, or you're going into extra time at least. So yeah, I think you know the away goal rules was was definitely a positive. Mark says Andy that Dortmund, you know, are a Champions League side in in terms of you know reputation and, and level they've operated at. How do they compare to some of the big hitters that, that Rangers have played in recent seasons? You were part of many of those games. You'll have watched on the most recent ones. How do they stack up, do you think? I think they've probably got to be the biggest. Uh, you know, you look at the likes of Villarreal uh, at the time, they're absolutely flying in La Liga, so you've got to put them up there. But, I mean, Dortmund have been consistently reaching the knockout stages of the Champions League over the last few years. And it was a big surprise that they didn't make it this year. You know, you see that Sporting Lisbon... Uh, you know, qualified over them. We all know what happened to them last night against Man City. But they've played some big teams, you know, Feyenoord, Villarreal, Porto are another one who have obviously reached the, the latter stage of the Champions League a few times and, and, and none other than Bayer Leverkusen, you know, uh, you know, fellow competitors in the league. So they've certainly played a lot of tough competition and they can measure how they, they went against these teams. But for me, this is, a, this is a, an even bigger task. Yeah, I mean, Mark... In terms of the team and how Rangers go about this, is there anything in particular you want to see, or, or does it pick itself to an extent? Well, to be fair, I thought the, the, the approach to the Leon game away from was, was pretty much spot on. I mean, it was keeping nice and tight, trying to get a hammer to counter attack, get a goal. But as I mean, Leon, Leon, the difference between Leon to Dortmund's massive. I mean, they are a, a cracking side to watch, but they both set up the kind of similar set to Leon. I think they could do all right. I mean, I'd be, as I said, all of them in we could beat 1 0. Take back to Ibrox. I mean, it's Marvin I was Marvin and they touched upon earlier on. Your home games, your home games, can you go have the confidence to take MD? Regardless, I mean, it's a knockout, it's knockout football at the end of the day. So, 
Yeah, I mean, Andy, look, but I know that belief is only going to get you so far. Eventually, you just run into an opponent that's of a certain level. We've seen Bayer Leverkusen in the past. You know, Rangers played them, didn't they? Kai Havertz and so on in the team, uh, Borussia Dortmund. But how important was the start of that era when, when Steven Gerrard, Michael Beale, etc. came in? How do you go about building a belief that you can maybe do something against teams like Porto and Villarreal and so on and that you're not overawed by them? I think the biggest thing is sort of insti- instilling that winning mentality for the get-go and, and outlaying what your, your expectations are. I think I've told the story in the past, obviously the previous season to Steven Gerrard coming in, Rangers were knocked out in the, the, the first qualifying round against Progress and uh, Steven Gerrard made it pretty clear when he came in that he expects group stage football. So, I mean, if anyone hears that at the start after how they the previous campaign, uh, campaign went, you might think, that's obviously a big ask uh, given how last year went but went on to do that and then just got self-belief for there and you see some of the results uh, obviously we got going away and, and getting results at Porto getting results away to, to Villarreal and I think uh, Rangers have had a lot of praise for their, their European record over the last few years and quite rightly so but like I said I do think this is a probably a, a slightly bigger task tomorrow night and I think it's it's all set up to see how Giovanni Van Bronckhorst sets up his team in the uh, when the team lights come out uh, team lineups come out tomorrow sorry but for me you know, there's been a lot said about obviously Alfredo Morelos has been superb since uh, Van Bronckhorst has came in. We all know how good Ryan Kent is, but for me, this is the games where you really need the likes of Ryan Kent to to step up because Rangers are going to need a ball carrier tomorrow night. Uh, their best opportunities to 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 create chances are certainly on the counter attack, which is for me. If it, if I was picking a lineup tomorrow night, I'd like to see Fashion Sakalo on the other side because I think he's he's pacing, he's, his energy can cause problems. I think any time that he's sort of been in the team over the last few weeks, he's produced. Not Ahmad Diallo then, because on a slightly lesser scale, he was almost overshadowed by Aaron Ramsey. But for the three days in between, it was all about this wonder kid from Man United and had come from Serie A and a big transfer fee and so on. Not a game for him? Well, I wouldn't be too disappointed to see him start. It's it's obviously very early in his Rangers career. Got off to a great first 10 minutes with his goal against Ross County. But I just I feel as if I've seen a little bit more from Fashion Sakal over the last few weeks I think any time he's got the jersey I've came onto a game he's made an impact and although you know, Ahmed Diallo's clearly got pace he's probably a little bit more technique guy or a bit more trickery whereas I think Fashion Sakala's raw pace can really cause problems and one thing I will say about Fashion Sakala and, and to be fair it's not a detriment on Ahmed Diallo I've just not seen, seen enough where Fashion Sakala really does work his socks off so that sort of organisation and concentration out of possession as well can be a benefit how do you assess the attacking options, Marvin? We've been through the, the back four, if you like, and the, the issues there. Uh, what about the, the forward line? Yeah, no, I agree with Andy. I think Sakala, uh, for me, starts. Uh, I think he's an extremely honest winger. Um, he does have the sort of pace where defenders are going to be worried about him on, on kind of the counter-attack inside of things. Diallo, no, no doubt about it, has quality. Um, you know, we saw him against Ross County. Obviously, didn't have his best 45 minutes against Celtic. But he's somebody, he's a young player who, you know, as you said, went for a big transfer um, and I expect you know him to really contribute to Rangers uh, between now and the end of the season. I just don't think tomorrow's game suits him. Maybe the home tie would be a, a bit better for him, but I expect them tomorrow to just you know sit in, play on a counter attack, and, and then to do that you need pace uh, in the forward line. So Sakala one side for me and Kent the other. 
and they appear to be friends on social media. Fashion Sakali yesterday, Andy, I'm sure you saw it, uploading a nice video of Ahmad Diallo asleep in the back of his car. So he's obviously taking him under his wing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure, I'm sure Fashion Sakali might have been telling one of his stories and that's why he fell asleep. But... <laughs> Uh, right, thank you uh, 01419511025 on the line Thank you to Mark, that was Mark and Irvin uh, You can tweet us as well At Clyde uh, SSB Yes, we know it's a big night on the pitch And it's a big night for the hopes of progression In the Europa League and the Europa Conference League But don't forget, it's a big night for this as well Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals Yes, we've got that huge cash prize to give away to one of you at the end of the season. But see, before I explain this any further, do me a favour, do yourself a favour, in fact. If you go to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, wherever, on Super Scoreboard, on the Clyde One uh, pages there, you will find a video of Gordon DL trying to explain Super Scoreboard's golden goals, which would be difficult for him under any circumstances, let's be honest. But he's got Mark Wilson in his ear. So the idea is they two have to learn what it's like to be me and have to learn to, to try and talk when you've got other things going on in your head, producers talking to you and whatever. So Gordon DL is trying to explain the Golden Goals competition whilst Mark Wilson is trying to put him off. And you can just imagine how that goes. So head over there to any form of social media, really, and check out that video. It is pretty funny. In the meantime, I'll try my best to get through it without making any similar mistakes. It is golden goals. There is a massive cash jackpot. And it all depends on how many goals Celtic or Rangers score. Now, it counts in Europe as well. So the jackpot could rise tomorrow. It's already at 11,750. And we add £250 for every goal Celtic or Rangers score between now and the end of the season. Season and then one person wins every single penny, the lot, tax-free at the end of the season. So make sure you're in with a chance of winning by texting GOAL to 61025. That's G-O-A-L to 61025. It is £2 to text plus your standard message rate, over 18s only. And the full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com. I did say it's across every competition, so with that in mind... The lines don't close until 6pm on Saturday the 21st of May, which is Scottish Cup final day. Andy's team are still in it, Marvin's are not. That's a bit of a a raw topic, I won't go there in case they start fighting uh, in the studio. So for your chance to be the winner, text GOAL to 61025 right now, and we'll talk more football next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin, honestly, you don't get any credit in this game at all. S. Miller is on and he says, how easy was that, the <laughs> pundit? No way that was the next question. I call it a fix. I reckon that's Andy's Twitter now because he wasn't very happy with the questions either. But um, listen, it's a win's a win. You know, Ignore the haters, as they say. It might well be, and also uh, I'm interested in, Stephen's tweeted in, this was Stephen earlier, Andy, who said he was going to name uh, his next child after you, and he sent me another tweet, which is equally concerning, and it just says, tell Andy I love him. Uh, so I feel like there was a, a bit of a, a, a bromance going on there. However, I remembered something, right? I, I seem to remember Stephen's name from last night, so I did a bit of digging. He's given it all this, that he loves you, and he's going to name his next child after you. Last night he was tweeting me saying that Marvin's his favourite pundit on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow Changing up the weather He's a bit confused isn't he <laughs> Honestly These guys are so two-faced Anyway well, that's actually SSB 
that's true. You're, you're a you're a fairly good, uh, fairly good team. Uh, granted, however, you need to team up on this full time teaser full time at Clyde1.com that is the question and tonight it is can you name the last 10 players to wear the number 1 jersey for Rangers you've got the easy one in Alan McGregor and the other easy one in Andy Gorham Marvin any more from you? yeah I have some more I want some more respect after I name these to you as well ok I've got Wes Fodenham yes well done Neil Alexander you're not as daft as you look by the yeah, way well done exactly. okay. big Cammy Bell played with him well done, okay. Do you want some more? Steve Simonson. One more. Oh, you're absolutely flying. You are a new man. <sighs> Andy thought you I copied really him are. as well. He's like saying, oh, Marv, you copied me. Yeah. <laughs> I went in the <laughs> toilet and I came back and went, you've no got that on your own. <laughs> uh, there's every chance. That's six down uh, and still four uh, to get. So we'll get them before the end of the show. And if you want to hear your question used, it's full time at Clyde One. Dot com. Uh, now we did hear from Gary who was a Dundee fan uh, and podcaster talking about James McPake's departure and it's interesting because all of a sudden it just led very quickly into the Aberdeen discussion Marvin because you feel like that, that to an extent that they're going to be shopping in the same aisle so to speak. Yeah 100% um, you know I really really do think they will be doing that and I think that's just what's forced them, you know, kind of ahead with the with the McPake stuff. Because I imagine, you know, the club and, and all clubs, you know, have a list of, of, of managers that who are, they would want should their manager leave, whether they're doing well or whether you're going to sack them. Um, and, you know, you know how agents are. Maybe they've given them a call and said, listen, if you're interested in my client, he's also going to be speaking to Aberdeen over the next few days. And, you know, they've Dundee have pulled the trigger. Andy, the other name that keeps getting mentioned for Aberdeen is Jim Goodwin. Is, is that where... You you would draw the line if you like. I mean, Dundee wouldn't or couldn't get Jim Goodwin at the moment, could no. they? Or no, no, uh, and deservedly so. I think Jim Goodwin, the job he's done at St Mirren's went under the radar. Uh, again, another domestic cup semi final last year. Well, very very unfortunate. You've got to say to miss out on the top six last year and out with the old firm. They've currently got the best form in the league over the past six games. So. He's done a great job there. Uh, I don't know if there's an Aberdeen fan that's going to be calling, but very interested to see who they want because I, you know, a lot of the noise when Derek McInnes lost his job was more for the style of play more than anything. Steve Glass has obviously came in and done that. So now is Dave Cormack looking for a, a, another manager to come in and sort of fill that bill as well, to come in and play an attractive style of football and, and bring youth players through because that's what Stephen Glass was ultimately getting judged on. Now, you have been a real defender of Aberdeen so far yep. this season. You kept telling us on the show that they're actually pretty good, that it will come good for them. You're now wrong, obviously. Would you like to defend yourself? I, I mean, I still stand by what I says. I, me, and, me and Marvin actually spoke about it off-air as well, that any time that we've played against Aberdeen, I've been impressed with them. Uh, that being said, of course, results haven't been good enough. But they're still, they've got a game in hand and I think a, a result still puts them into the top six. Albeit that's not where Aberdeen and their fans want to be. They want to be competing for that third spot and, and try to get to the, uh, the latter stages of the cup. But for me, it's all hindsight now. But if, if Stephen Glass was still on his job to the end of the season, I still fancied him to get top six. But that being said, it's it's time for him to move on. And uh, whoever's going to come in and want a, a, an instant reaction. Yeah, Marvin, maybe as a sign of just how times are at the moment because I don't think we've had any caller or pundit on yet this week who, who didn't think it was the right call to get rid of Stephen Glass but then Andy offers the the obvious counter there that you know it's, the, the league is very tight and, and things could be turned around pretty quickly but everything is a bit more immediate now isn't it if you go on a run like they're on and, the, and there is no sign 
the, the trigger just gets pulled nowadays. Yeah, and I think you know to be fair to Aberdeen and the owners, I think they've backed the manager. Um, I think if you if you look at their wage bill and the players that they do have, they they should be up there. You know, if you're looking at finances alone, and they should be a lot closer to you know Hearts and Rangers rather than being you know down the bottom, close to Ross County and you know Dundee who are in a playoff position. So for me, um, yes, they wanted to cha- uh, sorry change the style. Um, you know, and, and Stephen Goss attempted to do that. But when you're doing that, you have to be winning games. And I just felt, you know, we're, we're in February now. He just didn't know his best team. And for me, that's a worry. And, and that's why I wasn't really surprised when, you know, he did lose his job. Uh, Andy, just a, a quick point for accuracy. You stick with me, right? Don't listen to those daft producers who've put the league table up there in the studio uh, because Aberdeen don't have a game in hand. They played it last night, so they're up to, to 26 games. Carol's uh, not played. having a great night, is he? <laughs> and I'm going to take the fall for it. <laughs> I'll protect you, Andy. That's fine. <laughs> it's tough at the top. It's tough at the top. You're the one that gets hung out to dry. But um, uh, Marvin, what about Jim Goodwin for you? Or, or both of you, if you want to, to take it away, is that likely do you think is he the outstanding candidate for Aberdeen yeah well I've seen the you know I think it's a 250,000 pounds at St Mirren want for him and I think that could be a, a stumbling block because that's an awful lot of money um, I think if they could pick who their manager's going to be next without paying that then I think Jim Goodwin would be right up there um, you know I probably think it'd be out of him and Jack Ross um, from what I've kind of heard and, and how I expect them to go with it yeah I I think it still falls into that sort of category that I'm talking about where I'm, I'm a big believer that clubs have got, you know, five-year plans and, and, and plans in the future. And Aberdeen's is clearly that they want to adapt their style of play and go for a more adventurous style. Uh, so I always think it's important if they're chopping and changing manager, if managers go, that they try and, you know, fit the bill with somebody coming in to, to, to replicate that style. But in Jim Goodwin's defence, I actually do think that Sabin played decent football. Uh, and that being said, if he feels like he's getting, you know, players that can sort of fit that style a bit, uh, a bit better I'm sure he can adapt to that and like I said the reason he's linked with that job is because the, the, the job he's done at St Mirren in the past couple of years so if that is the man that Aberdeen you know bring in I, you know, I, I don't see much wrong with that at all Now the game in hand that they did play uh, according to the actual league table not the one you've got on the wall it was a draw at home to St Johnson last night so you know results didn't get any better still on a, a tough run Barry Robson was in charge last night what did you make of that result Marvin? To be honest, they got a lucky penalty. Um, so, you know, it could have been a, a defeat. I thought St. Johnson performed extremely well. Um, you know, Aberdeen, again, it's when you're in these sorts of runs and, you, you know, you're looking over your shoulder, it's very, very difficult as players. There's a huge amount of pressure on them. You know, start of the season, those players would have been expected to be in the top four. The fans expected it. You know, the club expected it. The players expected it. And as I said, you know, at this moment in time, they're down in kind of ninth in the league. So it was a difficult game for them um, it's one that they couldn't lose they really couldn't lose and they need to kick on from here because as I said you know top six is a minimum for, for Aberdeen the size of that football club yeah to then improve on that result they've obviously got your Motherwell at the weekend to a in a little bit of indifferent form I must say uh, but they've obviously had a good season so after that cup result at the weekend I think that's really where Stephen Glass is, uh, has been his downfall and probably the reason that he's lost his job because I do think that for, for how much the the domestic campaign in the league's not been great. Uh, they certainly want to go as deep as possible in the cups, and I think this game against Motherwell at the weekend can be a real cracker. And Kevin Van Veen is the Aberdeen Slayer, <laughs> of course. Don't forget that he, he he goes quiet for a few weeks, but as soon double, as he sees he got red a jerseys, as well, huh? is that right? yeah, and the, uh, yeah, and in the previous league game at Fir Park yeah. as well, there's yeah. something about Aberdeen, uh, a red rag to a Dutchman. Anyway, uh, what about the 
no no one's going to do this, Marvin. On shows like this, right? We're very good at this in this city. Of we'll get Celtic fans come on and they'll run us through this big list of things they've been hard done by. Uh, Rangers fans will do the same. No one will do it for St. Johnson, so I'll I'll do it for them. Callum Davidson is bang up against it. You know, down at the bottom of the league, an extremely soft penalty by anyone's measurement last night and you can go through the season the one that St Mirren got uh, not so long ago the goal that Aberdeen scored to beat them it was a clear handball shouldn't have counted I was at Easter Road earlier in the season Jamie McCart got penalised yeah, for a, ridic- a, rid- a ridiculous handball Hib scored from the penalty spot N- no one does this and I get it I, I, get, I get the supply and demand you know I've done the show long enough but n- no one sticks up for St Johnson in, in that respect and they they have had a really really long list of big decisions go against them. Yeah, I watched his interview after the game yesterday and, you know, he was bewildered by what, what had happened, you know, how it was a penalty. But he, again, the things you touched on there, he spoke about them and it's been difficult for them. You know, obviously, you know, winning both Cups last season, no matter what they did this season, they weren't going to be able to top that. Um, they find themselves at the bottom of the league, but also, when you know, the decisions are going against you. It always seems to be the team at the bottom that it happens to. But, you know, Callum spoke about it yesterday and said, I've got to give my players credit. You know, I can't afford to come out here and just keep speaking about referee decisions. They don't seem to be getting any better by the week. Um, he was happy with their performance. It's a bit back to the wall after they conceded. But again, your luck has to change at some point, doesn't it? And, and when their luck does change, hopefully they pick up more points f- for him and you know they get out of the sticky situation. Gordon, if you want a sob story, I can easily run you through the referee decisions that have went against Hearts in the last couple of months. I, I think uh, it just swings in roundabouts. It's happened to every football club. I think you mentioned that, obviously, with, with referencing Rangers and Celtic fans with... Uh, with decisions that have went against teams at the past I do think it's, it's happening to every single team but for Callum Davidson and his team uh, the, the the penalty last night was certainly soft enough that cost him two points, two points. Uh, Yes it was indeed uh, I think every team to be fair you're right could probably do it so we'll leave it there before we ground in circles let's round off this teaser the question is can you name the last 10 players who've wore the number one jersey for Rangers now some are pretty easy like Alan McGregor and Andy Gorham but Marvin's done well and he's not helped him yet Flying. as far as we can tell Fodringham Alexander Cammy Bell Steve Simonson what else do you have for me I've got one more then it's over to Andy Stefan Close gone then yeah Stefan Close oh and what a link that is yeah. to tomorrow's game as well we should have left that one there Andy the remaining three one really surprises me now to be fair the question's been sent in. It's got a reference there as well. It's taken from Transfer Market, a, a usually reliable website. So if you've any stewards inquiries, send them over there. <laughs> yeah. What are the remaining three? Uh, well, I'm going to go the furthest back that I believe is Chris Woods. Right, okay, you're showing off now. Okay, wow. any more? Um, Lionel Charbonne. Oh, magnificent. What? If you get this last one, I'll be... <laughs> oh, I've got it. No, amazed. Not a problem. Lionel Letizia. No, yes, well, I've never heard of any of those three. Well, Woods, obviously, I had the other two. Uh, 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 Ronald Waters is one, but he wasn't number one, so I don't know who I'm missing. Nope. It's it is left field to say the least. Right, so I it's mean, lower leagues. I'm going to go Lee Robinson. No, right. Here, here's a clue that no one else, no one else is going to care no, about this. I went. I went to primary school and high school with this guy. There we go. That no one cares. That means nothing that, to anyone. That's, that's exactly but, what I needed but, just to confirm what the I, next one is. But, I just wanted to get it out. I think he's also played for you. He has been at your club, Hearts. Uh, he's he's been at lots of lower league clubs as well. We'll keep up, we'll keep up. He's as daft as a brush, but aren't they all? He's been at Airdrie. Is it time for the initials? Um, Come on, Andy. No, I do know it. I do know it. Oh, what's his first name? Uh, well, what's his surname? Gallagher. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh I played with him at. 
Hibs. Yeah, he was, he was at Allah uh, as well. Yeah, he's Wait. been everywhere. Wait, quick, quick, quick. Paul Not need to go, Stewart? Scott, 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 Scott. Scott. Oh, yeah. Right, thank you, okay. thank you, Marvin and Andy. We're back at six o'clock tomorrow.